0: Welcome again to our first uh, episode following the, uh, the the initial introduction. It's Vikram from Ventus Cables and Connectivity. A little bit more about myself. I've been working for Suda Cables AG Switzerland uh, as the agent and global key accounts manager for a long while now, coming up to 12 years. Uh, in this journey, you know we worked on over 2.5 gigawatts of solar projects, mostly in the UK, but some international as well. I've had enormous pleasure of meeting some great people in the industry, Uh, One of those is Mr. Matthew Zanakis of J.A. Solar. Matthew, welcome. Thanks very much, Brikram. Great to be on here. Um,
1: Yes, so I work for J.A. Solar as the utility scale sales manager. A bit about J.A. Solar. Uh, We managed to deliver 10 gigawatts of modules to Europe last year, 600 megawatts to the UK in a 1.3 gigawatt market. And yeah, looking to achieve similar sort of numbers in 2023.
0: Tell us a bit more about you as a person, Matthew. Uh, How did you get into solar?
1: So, funny enough, um, the reason I got into renewable energy was mainly because uh, I was born and raised in Zimbabwe and we used to endure quite a few power cuts along the way. Um, And then after, you know, experiencing that sort of you know, the the level of power cuts that we used to experience. Um, I then studied electrical engineering at Stellenbosch University. I worked for a solar distributor in Zimbabwe called One Stop Solar. Mm-hmm. Um, we designed, installed and sold off-grid systems um, mainly because to, to assist during blackouts. Uh, from there, I moved to the UK at the start of 2020 I then worked as a sales engineer for a solar thermal and PVT company called Naked Energy. Uh, from there, I then moved to JA Solar.
0: And you've got any LinkedIn profile, Matthew? Uh, uh, a sales technician at One Stop Solar. Uh, tell us a bit about them. So, One Stop Solar,
1: um, they were a distributor uh, in Zimbabwe and they uh, sold and installed. Uh, solar systems mainly to residential homes to combat the the sort of power cuts that were were, were quite prevalent in Zimbabwe and still are Um, it it was a great job managed to get my my hands dirty a little bit whilst installing a few systems Um, went and did some large scale installations on farms Um, worked with some VSDs, uh, variable speed drives to sort of pump water out of rivers into Farm dams uh, to help with irrigating the the lands and naked energy um, they make uh, PVt tubes right that's correct, so they 've designed a really unique and uh, fantastic product. Uh, they have a system that, uh, a solar collector that can produce hot water as well as produce electricity
0: fantastic and uh you know, everyone has too much information these days. You know, and the first thing we do is we, we look at people's LinkedIn profiles, check if they've embarrassed themselves on Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. And but, you know, let, let's not go off the page too much. Uh, what I see on here is um, you started with Naked Energy almost exactly when we went into lockdown in March 2020. You know, when, when did you come to the UK and tell us a bit more about your journey? It's a huge transition coming from Africa to, to the UK. Yeah,
1: it it was a bit of an interesting experience. Um, I managed to find Naked Energy while I was in Zimbabwe, funnily enough. Um, And as I moved over, I had my last interview with the team um, based out in Crawley. Um, And a bit of unfortunate timing. My first day was the 23rd of March, I remember exactly, because that was the the first day of the UK lockdown. And yeah, since then, it's sort of... um, took a little bit of time to get up to speed with the way things work in the UK, and this sort of changes. But um, yeah, everyone was very welcoming at Naked Energy, as well as the, the people in general in the UK.
0: And it seems like after two years with uh, Naked Energy, you, you made the move to uh, work with Alistair J.S. Sola from April 2022. Uh, how did that transition happen for you?
1: Yeah, so Alistair and I had a few conversations. Um, For those of you that don't know, Alistair Manzi is the sales director for UK, Italy, France and Ireland uh, for J.A. Solar. We had a few conversations and eventually uh, led to me joining the J.A.
0: team uh, in April 2022. Fantastic. And you've been there almost two years. Uh, You know, tell us a bit more about uh, what you do now at J.A. Solar.
1: At JA at the moment, um, there's three of us. So there's myself, Alistair and Alexa Thomas-Derek. We're a dedicated team to help um, deploy solar modules in the UK and Ireland. Uh, At the moment, we are really busy, which is always a good thing. Um, There's lots of solar to be sold in the UK and at the moment, prices are coming down for solar modules, which is always a fantastic thing, especially if we need to transition uh, to net zero in order to meet these net zero targets that have been set. And yeah, I think it's it's a really important time for the UK solar industry at the moment to to sort of focus on these large scale com- um, ground mounted as well as commercial uh, projects and also for the, the sort of homeowner. To be looking at deploying solar modules on their roofs too.
0: Fantastic! And uh, what sticks in my mind is ten billion US dollars. You know, uh, J. Being a Fortune China 500 company and global top 500 new uh, renewable energy companies. You know, ten billion dollars—that's a lot of uh, lot of solar panels. How? I mean, what is that in terms of megawatts and gigawatts? Gee, it's,
1: it's, it's hard to really know. We've, we've been, uh, we started off as a cell manufacturer and um, we then transitioned to a module manufacturer in 2009. Uh, since then, we've been deploying modules all over the world. Um, we have over 100 gigawatts of cumulative shipments um, of wow. modules. And last year, we, we managed to, 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 to get a market share of about 16% which kind of just shows how the market's growing in the moment. Um, just n- not even in the UK and Europe uh, globally too.
0: So 100 gigawatt
1: peak is like totally cumulative since J started. That is. Um, and that's only for numbers at the end of 2021.
0: Fantastic. And uh, interesting that you mentioned that you, you've got a degree in uh, electrical engineering, if I heard that correct. And, uh, you know, so I want to know from your opinion, it doesn't need to be Correct, you know, it's, it's not an exam, um, but capacity factors. A lot of naysayers about the industry, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger says on his uh, podcast. Don't listen to the naysayers. A lot of naysayers say solar's never going to work. You know, capacity factors almost nothing. But you know, from my own research, uh, uh, you know, I research about capacity factors between nine and eleven percent in the UK. Uh, not not a very sunny uh, country. A hundred gigawatts. You know, even at the low end, you know, you're looking at what 10, 10 gigawatt peak. You know, in terms of capacity factors, what what is your thought about capacity factors in solar? I don't know. I don't know capacity factors. What do you mean by capacity factors? Capacity factors, as in, um, say you've got a hundred gigawatt peak uh, um, solar shipment, or say you've got a hundred megawatt peak uh, solar plant. Yeah. Theoretically, you know, it's not going to be working twenty four hours a day because it, it doesn't work during the night. Yeah. Uh, Irradiance is uh, a lot lower in the in the the winter, so even if you might have a hundred gigawatt solar plant, what uh, what the the academics tell us is we're actually getting ten percent of the nameplate capacity. So a hundred megawatt solar farm would actually generate, say, ten megawatts. Uh, And so a lot of naysayers, uh, uh, oil and gas lobbyists, hydrogen, nuclear industry, they tend to say, you know, solar's never going to work because it's almost no capacity factors. So is this something you've thought about in your, in your busy life of uh, 100 gigawatts as a, as a company? <laughs> yeah. So funnily
1: enough, uh, everyone, when I, when I speak to Zimbabweans back home, they say, I can't believe you're doing solar in the UK. There's, there's no sun there. Um, and to be honest, they, they are completely wrong. There's a, a lot of sun and enough to, to sort of power the UK for sure, um, especially if we start pairing it with wind and battery storage. Uh, this can improve the capacity factor for sure. Um, and what a lot of people don't understand is solar modules tend to work better on a cold, sunny winter's day compared to a hot summer's day. PV modules get less effective during a really hot summer's day compared to if they are nicely cooled uh, in the winter as well as, as absorbing the UV rays.
0: Right, so uh, Matthew, cell uh, Cable and Engineering Services for uh, key accounts, uh, w- w- working mostly for large scale, I've supplied some rooftops as well, some large ones like Bentley in the past. You know, my interest in talking to module manufacturers, especially uh, ones as reputable as JS Solar because most of my clients tend to speak very highly of you, uh, is just really not what's going on in the industry because you know modules are produced sometimes two years before construction. And, you know, the, the elephant in the room, of course, you know, we've had a lot of uh, tumultuous times with Brexit, with the pandemic, with the Ukraine war is still not concluded, And we've already started another one in the Middle East, you know, so conditions are going to be fantastic. But if I look back to the conception of the large scale industry, of course, it started in Germany and then Spain and they uh, their feed and tariffs were dramatically reduced. And suddenly, uh, the experts from Germany, Spain, rushed in and the Netherlands, uh, with Oscar Mayer, rushed into the UK market. We we had 50 megawatts in uh, 2011, according to the Renewable Energy Planning Database, which you can find online uh, through the Department for Net Zero, which we call BEIS. Uh, then we had 75 megawatts in 2012. You know, then we peaked in 2015 at two and a half uh, gigawatts. Uh, of course, the big B word, the Brexit thing started the referendum in 2016 and then we nosedive from there to you know 36 megawatts in 2019, uh, 2019. and then even in the, in the lockdown year 2020 we did more 96 and then the ukraine energy crisis raw material shortage we, we did 53 megawatts in 2021 and 2022 i'm seeing on the government website operational assets of only 223 megawatts of course uh, these databases are rarely up to date and they only count operational solar farms What is your take on on, on the installation and deployment uh, of Lake? So I do believe that the deployment of solar has been
1: slightly more than that when you obviously include commercial and residential. Um, So as by our numbers, we have um, from PV module tech that in 2021, there was 700 megawatts deployed uh, and in 2022, there was 1.3 gigawatts deployed. Um, this year we're probably looking at about 1.7 gigawatts to be installed in the uk this year and i'd like to challenge everyone to hopefully get over two gigawatts for
0: 2024 fantastic so um this is what we are forecasting as well of course our data is a bit out of date compared to yours because we work uh, mostly on the epc side often uh The module deals are done, you know, Um, so what what we are seeing on the official channels, which which is it lags a bit and may not include all projects. Some some of them may need off gym accreditation or whatever, you know, to to be counted officially. You know, so we're seeing a year end trend of only 272 megawatts at the moment for 2023. But uh, for second half of 2023, there's 1700 megawatts in construction. You know, that's uh, really exciting because, um, you know, it means we should have easily over 2 gigawatts. Uh, Obviously, fingers crossed, God knows what else can happen, more lockdowns, more wars. (laughs) We hope uh, we are over uh the, the bad luck that we had since brexit and then we could start another boom time but there is a lot of excitement to talk about because uh, the largest solar farms i think the last one was 75 uh probably land with next and uh one before that was 72 megawatt peak uh, shopwick solar farm with bsr which is currently owned by foresight you know so we are not only being ambitious but The industries jumped from 75 megawatts to 373 megawatts peak in construction, only in one solar farm with with Cleve Hill, and then there's also 400 megawatt peak or probably 500 megawatts with Longfield with EDF. You know, what is your view on these massive NCEP jobs? Do you think there will be a reality one day? Yeah, and I think uh, Cleve Hill is a great example.
1: Um, It's great to see that the planning has been approved for these other projects, such as Longfield, which is a 500 megawatt site. Um, NSIP, for those of you that don't know, is National Significant Infrastructure Projects, and they are large-scale solar farms that tend to be well over 100 megawatts. I saw recently, Vikram, I don't know what your take on this, is that there's a 1 gigawatt that's um been uh, uh which has uh, gone into planning recently um that's the largest one that i've seen recently have you heard anything from it so far
0: yes i think it was, i think it's called great north road or something like that it's something to definitely follow up on later on uh, uh the good thing about ncb or national significant infrastructure projects is it's all public and anyone can go have a look you know uh, i want to talk to you a bit about the solar task force uh you know, um, which has just been established because the industry really has really been neg- neglected by the current incumbent government since 2016. You know, it's, it's been a boom and bust cycle. Uh, the UK has the largest offshore wind resource potentially in in Europe. And, you know, solar is there to complement when the wind's not blowing. You need something to, to fill the gap. Of course, we need a mix of uh, different technologies. Uh, but, you know, nuclear is not coming online fast enough. So... The government ten, uh, may have busted maybe 20,000 jobs when they dramatically uh, reduced feed and tariffs after offering a policy that was far too far too uh, uh, generous. Now I see on uh, online that there's a solar task force established by the government, which is uh, writing the solar roadmap, which aims to deploy 70 gigawatts by 2035. Of course, we've been lagging massively, so this means four and a half gigawatts a year from 2024 do you, do you see that anywhere near being plausible considering we haven't got any people to build anything right now i think it's going to be very tough
1: um we are seeing a lot a lot of foreign epcs starting to move into the uk as well um i don't think the the current um infrastructure that the uk has at the moment will facilitate four and a half gigawatts a year unless we are able to, to to get more traction with with local EPCs um, who are extremely busy at the moment um, and they just don't have the bandwidth to take on these larger projects and multitude of them uh, so I think we, we, we will definitely need to increase the number of local EPCs in the UK um, as you mentioned there's a lot of projects in development. It's going to be a long road to achieve that that target, but rather be ambitious
0: than that not, I guess. Absolutely, and it's something that will have to happen because uh, you know uh, the net zero strategy is very aggressive. In my opinion, I work in this industry. I've spent my life almost uh, in solar and cable. I think it's just far too ambitious what the government's planning. The, 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 and, and the roadmap seems to not be present at the moment. So we'll be looking to see what, what gets published in February 2024. Obviously, the names on this task force, uh, you know, a lot of people will recognize, like Ben Fawcett, uh, who is uh, ADF Renewables, according to his uh, most recent job title, Liz McFarlane from Seagen, and uh, Ross Greer from Next Energy Capital. So a lot of these names are known. It's, it's a small industry. But, uh, uh, you know, we won't go too much into that in this uh, short episode, uh, Matthew. But what I do want to ask about, and a lot of people will be thinking when they think about JS Solar or any major module manufacturer is, is, is the module pricing right now. Uh, I've heard 18 cents a watt being quoted. I've heard there's 40 gigawatts in a warehouse in Rotterdam. You know, what is your view on pricing and capacities and stock? So currently the, the pricing is obviously quite low. The lowest
1: it's, it's ever been actually. Um, and this is attributed to a number of factors. The first one is we mentioned earlier that the install installation for uh, 2023 has not been as um, significant as um, was anticipated at the beginning of the year lots of solar panel manufacturers uh, increased their capacity as well as a lot of new solar panel manufacturers um, joining the game so there was definitely an oversupply of modules with the expectation of it being installed within the UK, Europe, Africa, China, all over the world. Um, this plus a decrease in the raw materials is, has all sort of caused the, the price to fall. So within Rotterdam, I don't know the exact number, but there, there is a, a, a number of um, megawatts in stock there, possibly gigawatts um, for all, all different manufacturers. Um, this, this is a a real interesting uh, point though, is that the, the two different types of technologies are also playing a a part in this, Uh, we're seeing a bit of a shift in the market from P type to N type, um, solar modules. So the P type is not so much in demand as we had originally anticipated and the transition to N type has taken, um, a lot shorter than we had originally expected.
0: And, and what is your view on these massive modules, uh, like 650 watt uh, monofacials, and, and and have you had any thoughts about bifacial modules yourself?
1: Yeah, so um, at J Solar, we've we've tend to stick with uh, smaller module sizes. So our um, biggest module sizes a 630 watt module. Um, the main reason we do this is for shipping. Um, it comes double stacked on a pallet rather than um vertically uh with these larger modules so we we tend to get less breakages and uh, less cracking um after time within the 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 field and the technology is advancing so much Uh, so as as i mentioned now we're on to n-type uh topcon um which has increased the efficiency quite significantly Um, so there's no need to go bigger in terms of module sizes i feel like the technology will catch up and next thing you know, we're going to be doing uh, tandem cells, and this could in- increase the the salt uh, efficiency to up to twenty eight percent. So, yeah, it's 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 a sort of R and D game at the moment, and we'll see where we get up to.
0: Thanks very much, Matthew. Um, you know, before we close this uh, podcast, you know, for me, people are the most interesting thing about this industry. Uh, we've not just had uh, boom and bust cycles with Brexit, with um, uh, the Corona uh, lockdowns, with the Ukraine war, with the labor shortages, with now inflation and interest rate rise. But one of the good things in the solar industry is, you know, and I've written an article about this before for Leone, uh, for uh, some uh, mag- solar magazine in the past, is that, you know, one of the famous words, are uh, one of the famous phrases used in, the, in in this industry is called the solar coaster because We've had boom and bust cycles constantly, continuously. There's one in Germany, then there's retroactive actions in Spain, and, and you know, people lost their businesses and came to this industry. Then we had 41 pence a kilowatt hour uh, subsidies. Uh, I don't think they ever pre- uh, predicted that people would install solar farms. I think they were aiming for two kilowatt rooftops. And then they withdrew these subsidies, and then there was anti-dumping tariffs that was imposed, and people had shipments on, on the water when, when the tariffs came in you know and then there's also the grid connection deadline so we are used to things changing so the kind of people that stick with this industry uh, it's really uh, takes a lot of uh, guts uh, so matthew w- with that in mind and you're relatively new in this industry uh, where do you see yourself in the future what do you think will be the future of the industry in the next um, seven years by 2030 and where do you see yourself most importantly this time next year so as as you mentioned
1: it's a solar coaster it's a, it's it, it tends to happen with newish industries where it's a bit volatile but hopefully i i see a bit of consistency coming through um especially with these ambitious net zero targets and uh you know the the changes that we're seeing globally whether it be extreme temperatures massive storms um there's going to be a particular proce- uh, focus on renewable energy and in 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 particularly solar so I, I see that uh, the industry will definitely grow um, exponentially in the next few years. And it's, it's, it's going to be a fun ride to go
0: on it. Fantastic, Matthew. Thanks so much for joining us. Cheers. Thank you, Vikram.